This introduction is possibly one of the hardest that I will ever give because it is not only someone that Morgs and I, one of our favorite humans on earth, let's just say that, she just happens to also double as our best friend. And I say our because I would love to say my, except Morgsy and PK are besties as well. So Peter Kelly, her name is Peter Kelly, lovingly referred to as PK. She is a woman who I have known or we have known now for seven and a half years and no introduction is ever going to do her justice. And that's the problem with introductions. But what I love about her is that she hates introductions. She will never give you a bio. She's just a woman that hates bios. She just lives her best life. She's a pure embodiment of Liberation Beyond Ideals, essentially, which she herself is starting a seven-week course all around that called The Field. So if you fall in love with her as much as you know we have and do, over the next hour and a half, I think we talk for, then go and look her up at peterkelly.com. You're going to see all the things she's made. You're going to get to know her a little bit more. She's also just started her own audio listening channel on Spotify. So you can't get on iTunes, but you can find her on Spotify called Cake Club. She has self-published multiple books. Her very first one, Earth is Hiring, that she then made Earth to Kids. She also just self-published Stop Missing the Point, which is a book that has helped guide me so much over the past year and is just a woman who completely embodies intuition, liberation, and self-governance, which I feel like is the absolute theme of 2020. So we go into a lot in this episode. We go into conscious parenting, which is something that she embodies as well herself. We go into being allowed to change your mind. We go into um, network marketing. We go into a lot. So hang out with us over the next 90 minutes. We swear a lot. We're best friends. We actually kept it so PG for you. We've texted and said, let's go so much more R-rated next time. Um, But I hope that you enjoy listening as much as we adored bringing PK to you. She is just a force to be reckoned with. She is Mother Earth personified and she is a badass who is here to disrupt. So without further ado, enjoy PK. You're listening to the Anything Goes podcast. My name is Morgan Richards. And my name is Anna Richards. We are the husband and wife duo in business together who plan on bringing you conversations and inspirations each and every episode. Our mission is not just to motivate and inspire you, it's to push boundaries and challenge the status quo. We aim to bring you humor, depth, differing of opinions and more. But one thing we can promise you is this is the podcast where anything goes. Let's dive in, compadres. I feel like we have both been, Morgs and I, PK, so excited for this chat, probably more than you. Well, people have been asking us, like, when's Peter coming on? When's Peter so coming I rebel. On? I'm like, never. <laughs> they have. Yeah. We're really? not friends anymore. Yeah. Oh, God. Fuck now. So here she is, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for those that have been. My popular like, request. My popular oh, request. God. Oh, don't put the pressure on. No, it's fine. Morg said to me before, we were joking. We were like, what are, where? Because we could go so many places with this conversation. <laughs> I was thinking about it too. We're going to go everywhere. But Morgs is like, nah, I'm just going to be like, you cancelled Netflix. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. So oh, yeah. I yep. saw that. 
So we saw yeah, that. Yeah. I don't know if I'm well, quite there yet because I, I don't really know much about what it's all about. I think when you become parents mm-hmm. and things shows where they're sexualizing children, it's kind of like, no, you just you just can't. Yeah. And and I mean we're just we're watching below deck Mediterranean right now and that's from Apple TV, so we just don't really have a need. I am obsessed with that show. <laughs> And we actually watched that. No, but to be fair, can I say, Morgs, so he was like cancelled Netflix and then he said um, he wanted to, I said, oh, well, we've got to to do the same. I just want to make sure I've watched it. Like I want to understand it. And Morgs is like, I can't can't watch it. I was like, actually, yeah, that's so true. So we should just cancel it. Well, it's one of those things. It's like, do you, I've seen what people have said about it. I haven't seen the trailer and I haven't watched any of it. So it's like, do I, do I watch it? Mm. and make my own mind up or do I, and, you know, that gives Netflix, you know, like views um, or do I just go, yeah, shit can it or do I steal it off the internet and I kind of feel like that's dodgier given what it's supposed to be about, you know. That's dodgier. It comes up in your search history, stealing it from a pirate site. Oh, it's tricky, hey. And then (laughs) even yesterday I was like, oh, shit, there's something I want to watch on there. But, you know, um, there's so many options. There's so many of the other things out there and, they need to fucking learn, don't they? Well, Netflix is like this. You vote with your dollar. Well, they're meant to be like this super progressive organization. I mean, they fired one of their like board members um, not that long ago, a few years ago, right? Because he'd said the N-bomb, but he didn't say it in a way that um, it was like he was reading a line from a book or something, but just because he said it, they were like fired him. And now they've got allegedly got basically, you know, two degrees Mm -hmm. away from full-blown Child pornography. Yep. Child yep. And they're very much, you You look at all the, the way they, um, they're so biased with regards to American politics too, like pumping out Michelle and Barack Obama and nothing at all positive about the other side. Yeah. And that also pisses me off too. It's like, oh, okay, this is, again, just, just part of the agenda. It's not neutral. It's, mm. that's, it just pisses me off. I'm so just, the, joke I'm is, the, the joke is that it's called Leftflix. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> exactly. that is funny. And the I've said this a long time a long time about Netflix, right? And even all their documentaries, right? It's, they're not documentaries. They just always present it's just like more like an op-ed, whereas a documentary is meant to present both sides of the arguments and let you make a decision. Like even with all this stuff about nutrition and yep. you know, all that sort of stuff, they're always just kind of so one sided. Which yep. is yeah. So I don't know I'm almost there. I've almost convinced myself in the last five minutes to fuck it off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you do. You start to just be like, you start to just forget a lot. A lot of that stuff right now. It's just if it's not truly, um, you know, free a free yeah. place of you know fairness, then it's it's just like fuck off. Yeah. You know? No, you're not that good Netflix. Like we're not going to die without you. We've got Stan and we've got Amazon and we've got all the We have Stan. Hello, we We have have Kim. We have Nine Life. I am obsessed with Nine Life. We've got Ten now. You can rewatch The Bachelor, which is a whole other conversation of like the worst. I mean, seriously. Hang on, he's from Perth. We're from Perth. Oh, it's hideous. My sister was on... And she rips, she, but it's just the, the concept of the show. I feel like, like, I mean, take the pulse of the world right now like 24 mm-hmm. women fighting over a guy. 
I can't watch it. I watched it for your sister. I remember when Sham was on it. I only watched it and then she got booed off and I was like, well, she left and it was like, thank God, I need to stop this. I can't, I can't. But I get it. If people, look, lots of people watch it to switch off. That's nine life for me. I watch people move to Mexico. Do you know what, like TV is that? I I need TV some nights to ground and to to actually switch off because it's very hard for me to and and I don't yeah, I don't, I'm sorry about it, you know. But but some there are some shows where I'm watching it and I'm like, this is so morally fucked up. <laughs> I mean, there's some things I watch which are which are just you know, I mean, questionable, <laughs> and I love them. But there's other things where I'm like, look, I, I'm just so tired of watching these women like absolutely tear each other to shreds and like. It's just feel it. It like hurts me to see to see the, them fighting, and then and then they say things like, I, "I've lost my chance at love." It's like no, no, but there's actually real life where you can yeah. find love too. Like yeah. it's not just it's not just this one guy in the world. Like there's real life. You can still find love. Yeah. Who would have thought? Well, that's why I have like any. I don't have. I'm not able to believe any of these people go on these things for any sort of legitimate reason. Especially not in the 20, show mass. Not, not anymore, for sure. Yeah. Like there's just. It's all about Instagram followers and trying mm-hmm. to, you know, get famous and all that sort of stuff. I kind of want to go here though with like, because I'm like, this is this has just been the theme, and I think in 2020 it's such a cool thing to give your voice through PK. So for those that don't know, but I'm like in my world, everyone knows Pip Kelly. Um, but you have two beautiful children, babies, stolen packs, and you've never put their faces on your social media, on your Instagram. You don't even have Facebook. You're underground like that. So let's go there because I think with the cancellation of Netflix and everyone, you know, so enraged by this this, um, exploitation of children and things like that, and I know you've just launched Cake Club, I was just telling Morgzy, which is blown up and and phenomenal, only available on Spotify. Um, I'm so exclusive, aren't I? Okay, Morgan said it. He was like, oh, <laughs> only on Spotify. Check I did picture. not get a deal. Let's just let's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joe Rogan of you. Um, but it's so relative, right? And I know you like cake, spelled C-A-K-K-E. Um, the club has got two Bs. Oh, fuck, sorry. Okay, you know what? Club funny. I said, uh, Eric, when he first said it, he said, cake club. I was like, honey, <laughs> no, fuck, no. What? <laughs> Clube, what's Clube? And I just absolutely ripped him. It's crusty lube. Crusty yeah. lube. Cake club. <laughs> no, lube. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. And so, but, and you've done stuff on conscious parenting there, which I've seen, personally seen across my socials, people have gone mad for. They love it. They're sharing, they're just, it's everywhere. So take us down this path because we're yet to be parents, as you know, and I have this real, we talk about it. We're like, Let's chat about this now, this choice of putting our babies all over the internet or not, or children all over the internet. What was the decision for you and how have you remained so steadfast in it? It's just like it's a, as a parent, it's our job to, um, to protect the child and in not, not like protect them from, you know, their liberation and their nature and their imagination, not that, but to protect them physically and also to, for me, putting kids on social media, it doesn't benefit them. It's of no use to them. It's like they didn't get a, they didn't get a choice. It's, you know, so for me, putting my kids on social media, it's like, of course I want to show the world how beautiful my children are. Of course there's so many photos we take that I don't share because, 
you know, their faces are showing. But it, it just felt right for me. It's always felt right for me that these children um, haven't and can't yet express whether they are okay with thousands of people around the world looking at them and knowing about um, just just looking looking at their at their face and having access to these private in- details about their lives. So it was just all about this. I'm their advocate until they can advocate mm-hmm. for themselves and. They didn't give me permission to do that. And for me, I already feel, I feel sometimes really vulnerable and open being on social media. That's why I came off Facebook a couple of years ago. Even on Instagram, I feel really vulnerable and open sometimes. There's so much entitlement. People feel they're so entitled to your life just because you're on there. And, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's so many energies on there too, which are, which are not right. And people can project their energies through social media onto people's bodies. Mm-hmm. And they can project their energies and their thoughts onto your child's body and their energy field. And you have no idea who's doing it. And so for me, it's like these children, they, to, for me, they deserve, they deserve the right to privacy. Um, and then you're seeing 18-year-olds now who are um, suing their parents because yeah, right. they, okay. they're like, I didn't want to have the all of these people knowing all of this about my life. And you see some people Instagram storing their children's tantrums. That shit breaks my heart. And mm. I'm always one who can be who can see both sides. And I still, still do not, genuinely do not judge people for their yeah, decisions. I yeah. I'm the mother of my children, that's it. But it breaks my fucking heart when I'm seeing these children be in these vulnerable moments. And their children, not only is their child the child feeling their parents filming them in these vulnerable moments and and letting them think that rather than be here with you, I want to show this to other people, that's heartbreaking to me. And what's showing, not only is it teaching our children that that life is about, um, like, rather than being in the moments, it's about capturing the moments and showing it to other people. It's just, it's so multi-layered and... And because Eric and I have, you know, and you two do, there's lots of people who follow us that we don't know. Uh, it, it's just never sat well with me that I share. Um, even sometimes I do share some. I still feel like I'm oversharing sometimes, even the back of her head and everything. I like, like you so not. You do. Some you have such say, a good balance. It's it's and because I do, I am very you know I like to share things, but I also know that hey, my children don't belong to me. Mm. I'm their advocate. I'm not going to share things about them and their life just because it's on brand or Cute. appropriate for me. And that's that's my role as a parent. However, I know that there's many people who are like, but my kids are part of my brand. I, I do children's clothes, whatever. That's totally fine, your call. But for me, in my work and what feels most right for me, I've personally felt super open and grabbed at on social media. There's no not a chance in hell. I am putting my children in that situation, especially yeah. when they're this this little and when they can't voice. That, I mean, Soul probably can, but she doesn't understand if yeah, I say, "Is yeah. it okay?" Well, on that though, and on that, because I re- you remember PK with Delilah, so my little yeah. niece. Ever since she was a little girl, she didn't actually like. If even for me, so I haven't put lots about her up ever because she didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I remember when I would babysit her once a week with Morgs and I would babysit. And often if you get the camera out because they are doing something cute or 
it was almost like, no, 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 Auntie Nana, like put it away. And I, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm sure she's not the only one. Yeah. But it's yeah. been really powerful for us to witness all of our friends choose different paths for sure and literally be able to remove ourselves with no judgment ever, of course, as well. But look at all of the decisions and then, and we do, we always talk about it. We're like, well, would we, well, and who knows? Who fucking knows what we'll do when yeah. it's our time? But I love, I just love that privacy for them almost. And it's and more, I think the power of you speaking to this is you are a parent. It isn't normal. Like you are the minority, I, I feel, where mm-hmm. you do protect your kids online to that extent. And I think if more parents could hear that, well, I can build a huge fucking global brand like you have and write books and be a woman in her own sovereignty and not have the kids almost as that brand, then it would give them more permission to own that choice as well. Do you know what, PK, as well? You know, one thing you that, you, I don't know, something I've always observed, but in, with you not sharing about your kids, some of the most savage things I've seen online are mothers to other mothers. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? When they post about their kids or yep. they share photos and stuff and... I think for you, I mean, probably one of the biggest blessings is, is you, you know, light up to, I don't know, but I'm assuming you've been able to avoid some of that. Um, some of it. There's no avoiding it. There's definitely yeah, no there's, there's no avoiding it. People will, people will be like, Anna, what the fuck? How are you wearing a purple shirt? I don't have a purple shirt. I'm so offended by you. You are yeah, yeah. so <laughs> okay, you. Oh, t- learn your crowd, Anna, seriously. That's that's the internet landscape right now. So yeah, yeah. there's no there was no avoiding anything. Um, but again, it's my children is not other people are not welcome to them. They're not entitled to them. They're not welcome to them at all. And I'm very strong on that. I've been walking around the streets of when I lived in Bondi and stuff and recognize children and not even and be like, oh, I know that kid. And then be like, Whoa, oh, that's I just recognized that child um, from Instagram. I wonder how many other people around recognise that child. So put the physical safety uh, aside, there's energetic there's energetic protection for me that is in this world where there's so many, you know, and, again, people can argue, oh, yeah, but it's just the world now, Peter. It's just the world. That's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. But for me, like yeah. parenting is about being connected to your children and and you're, you're the intuition of your children. If you can't feel and intuit your children and connect to what they are wanting that's your job as a parent beyond their words and when you're pregnant your intuition is everything because your children can't communicate with you in any other way other than through your intuition mama through your body instincts mama i want you to eat this i don't want you to eat this do this that's the that's how our children connect with us so if we're going to put our children on social media purely because of our beliefs and not actually tune into this child and what's right for them then just know that, that that's it's a one-sided thing. Whereas for yeah. me, of course, there's times where I've been like, I really want to share, like, the kids are so beautiful, rah, rah, rah. However, it, this is a, these are human beings. They're, they're human beings. Mm. They're not, and I always come back to it, is this benefiting them in any way? Or is this to suit, um, is this for my own, um, my own whatever to or is it other people expected of me and expected mm. of my children? And I'm already like, you can't put your entitlement onto me, let alone my children, you know? So just, yeah. I do get really fiery about it because it's, I don't know, children are, it, there's, it's dangerous. 
it's dangerous right now how kids are often being exploited um, and maybe we're not with that intention mm. but in their most vulnerable moments of the day. Having well, it's like having, you said, there's no, there's no opt-out for the kids, right? No. And there's going to be plenty of time for them to do it, do it in the future as well. But you know what? Uh, you, people who as well, who like with large followings and their kids become famous, like I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing either because if you look at all these, all the, you know, the child stars, Mm. kids who are famous really really young really well they they don't have a good outcome when they become adults mm. so if you know historically that you know like all these child stars from the 80s and stuff have grown up now are all messed up and stuff like that yeah. just even justin bieber right yeah and he got sort of famous at like 14 and 15 it's like you're not used to that sort of notoriety and and, yeah. and handling that sort of exposure so i actually i believe i, I I, I love that you've done it. I think it's actually a brilliant idea. I can see, I, I for sure can see, like, this is a path we're going down. Yeah. But I want to help people now. So, like, for me, everything you've said, there's, like, two paths we can go down. Mm-hmm. One is how fiercely you protect your boundaries, and I think this is another conversation. This is, like, a whole podcast we could do. I don't know how I'm still part of the inner circle. How am I still here? What do you mean? Your inner circle. What? Yeah, you know, you know <laughs> I'm like, you're, I don't know what he's saying. No, no, no. Your, your boundaries with, um, like, you know, the people that you um, have close to you in your life. I was like, I don't know how I'm still part of that. Oh, why wouldn't you not be <laughs> You're a fucking that? legend, babe. That's yeah. why. Hello. Why would you not be part of that? No, I'm just talking. You've been with us since the beginning, babe. No, so I'm boundaries. Just, Self-deprecate. I'm being doing self-deprecation yeah. here. All right. <laughs> last on the podcast. You're being a dickhead. Not going to be honest. Love yourself. Yeah, love thyself, honey. But this is the thing, right? So there's two big things that you've taught me so much with boundaries, and the other one is, and I want to give you this platform is like not caring about. So what some people care about, it doesn't need to be your fight, right? So everything you just said, I love it. So some mothers could be listening and have gotten super triggered then, but it's like, but that's not their thing. That That's not the platform that they need to stand on. That's not the fire that they need to have. Exactly. And so there's like that, that I want to like speak because you speak so powerfully to that. And then the boundaries aspect, where should we go first? Um, I mean, the the thing about not needing to agree, firstly, we're all here to say different things and it, we just have to come to an, a, an understanding and I think this is such a basic thing that many of us don't have. It's an understanding that it's not our job to try and get everyone to think like us. Yes. It's our yes. job just to know what we believe and think and to respect that other people also have that right as a human being. And if we can just understand that basic thing, it, it takes the charge off being like, Oh, fuck you, fuck you. And so many people with this, this, you know, cancelling people in their personal lives and in their lives because they have a different view or they have a different opinion or they see the world differently. But that's how we're meant to evolve is through diversity and through all being different. That's how we evolve the human story and we forget that. And there's, there's all these wounds and there's also how we were raised and there's all these different things that influence that. But we... We've all got to come to that at some point that you can't be all like, yeah, I want a better world, and but lack that basic, basic empathy. And it is hard sometimes, especially when we're so highly charged about something, you know, like um, like vaccinations or um, children online or whatever. It's There's so much emotion to it. Sometimes we just have to be able to be able to say, if I was that person and I had their upbringing, their past lives, their lineage, then I would do and feel and say and behave exactly like they are. Exactly. No different. 
And there's so many things that contribute to our viewpoint. And when you just judge someone on their viewpoint, you know, it's so like this politics, oh, I can't be your friend if you're a Trump fan or I can't be your friend. It's just like, okay, that's just not like that's not activism at all. It's like missing the mark. And we're not going to evolve to a more unified world without that, just that basic um, empathy and more mature compassion where it's, it's, it's easy to be compassionate for people who think like us and go to the same protests as us. But what about realizing that everybody is fighting their, diff, their different fights or caring about their different things? Essentially, all of them feed into the same one if we can really like yep. you know, realize that. And then I've had to learn that through, um, yeah, through just the hard way, I'd say, through copying so much shit for this and then rubbing yeah. it. Being a vegan and then not. <laughs> yeah, but also noticing how I, um, how triggered I am by other people. And so both ways, feeling me, feeling it come in and then obviously noticing where it goes out. Um, and then just, and my brothers taught me a lot about it too. I remember one time at my New Way Live event and everybody was running up to donate money to this cause and he didn't run up. And I remember afterwards him saying, I know where I give and my time and my money and I'm really solid in who I am and how generous I am. So I'm not going to I'm not gonna do something out of obligation because other people will then think I'm a good person because I know who I am. And mm. so I think the, the, the older we get, the more we know ourselves and we, and, we, and we also have to learn by being so fucking exhausted of trying to be everyone else and try and fight. Oh, I'll care about that. I'll care about that. And I used to be like the GoFundMe girl. I would just sit there all day sending money to <laughs> everyone in my inbox. Send to this GoFundMe. Okay, 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 all day because I felt like I had to be that person so that people knew I was a caring, good, noble person, right? And then I got to this point in my life where I was like fucking exhausted and just being like, no, I know who I am. I know what people are going to say about me at my funeral. I feel comfortable in... I just know my heart and I don't need other people to know it. And and I got to that place from, from spending too much energy on caring if people knew it. Yeah. And it's impossible. It's impossible right now. Honestly, people will never know. It's like you post about when you give and then people slam you. Then you don't post about what you give. Why are you not giving? It's like you have to just get to a point where you're like, I know how I'm living. I'm aligned. I'm and. And you have to be able to be Ricky Gervais in that way, which is why he's like the fucking most inspiring person to me. He's the best. The right dog's named after him. Yep, the dog's named after him. But, but we had a relationship with him. Let's be clear. We were neighbours in London and he played with our dogs. So I can verify this. I met him via yes. them. So Anna knows. It was a real <laughs> thing. I was like, oh, my God. He knew your dog's name before he knew your name, though. Yes, exactly. Let's preface it. Exactly. That's why we called our new dog Ricky to honor that our relationship he had with Blue and Harley, and also to remind us of like everything Ricky Gervais is about. Say what you mean, and mean what you say. How other people perceive it, it, it truly isn't your job. And that doesn't mean you go around being a, a C or mm-hmm. a B or an F, whatever. It's it's that. You that you could be the most well-intentioned, sparkly fucking person ever, and there's always going to be someone who has something to say about it. Like in humanity, when Ricky Gervais, I call him Ricky Gervais, fucking Ricky G, he does that bit how um, he's like, oh, and you put up guitar lessons. Say someone puts up guitar lessons in the middle of the town hall, and someone walks over and they're like, what? 
I do not want guitar lessons. And they call the number. Hello, I didn't want guitar lessons. Like as if everything has to suit you all the time, right? And he put up something recently and it was like, People are starting to say that you can't joke about whatever you want. That's wrong. You absolutely can joke about whatever you want. And it's up, other people will say, other people make, well, something like, it's up to you whether you give a shit or not about what other people say about it. It's a great system. And it's true. And it doesn't, that's the thing is it's just like you can try and mould yourself into being the most perfect I'm going to please everyone, but you, it's fucking impossible. And you only yeah. arrive at this place by realising that it's impossible. The amount of people, like, that come to my inbox with no understanding of who I am, with so many accusations and things about what I am giving, what I'm not giving, what I should be doing, what I'm... And, and I have two young children, right? So really no one is entitled for me to even blink an eyelid in their direction. Yeah, Period. <laughs> And then, but this is how entitled we are. And it's insane. It's yeah. fucking insane. And I know when I'm reading people's stuff now, I truly have gone to a point in myself where I am, like, I've never been one to jump on people's stuff and be like, I'm entitled to your energy. Explain this to me. It's, this is just not me. Mm. Um, and so that's why when people do it back, I'm just like, whoa, can we just rewind a minute? Realize how much energy a human being has and and that our expectations of people that we don't even know based on what we've seen on the Instagram is outrageous. However, the boundaries bit comes in is that we can't change when people are fucking batshit. We can't. We can only decide how we are going to assert and uphold our boundaries so that we can still express ourselves and be ourselves and contribute to the world in the way that's aligned with us without letting all of this other stuff derail us all the time. And it used to derail me. I've had so many times where I've shut my voice down because I just, people just weren't like, the purity of what I had to say was firstly sometimes premature and secondly just it felt just unsafe for me to yeah. say it because I was copying so much stuff. So, so I just shut my voice down and then that led to depression and this mm. other stuff that comes from cutting off your life force. So it's, a, it's about personal responsibility and being like, I know what I'm here to give and I'm not perfect, but, but I know who I am and I know what I'm here to give and how I'm here to give it and it's not going to please everyone, but that's not, that's not my job because I'm not going out there being a dick to people. I'm not. I'm, I'm expressing myself. That's my job. Yeah. And I've got to take responsibility for knowing what my boundaries are and knowing who I am rather than being like, can you guys just stop being so entitled, you know? It's never going to happen. Social media is so weird. It's the weirdest way to communicate, right? If you just you're just reading what someone has has written, often it's what what you've written with a photo, right? Yep. And it, you can't people can't determine nuance from it. They don't see yeah. the, the face, like your body language, the, yeah. your facial cues, and stuff like that. So they read it and they just interpret it however they want to interpret it. And if they interpret it as you know something they disagree with, and they pick up pitchforks and you know, yep. the mob piles on and stuff. It's crazy. It's weird. I don't I often think like how sustain is it sustainable long term? Long term for people no. to communicate like that way. No Maybe way. it needs to evolve or something like that into something better and something new. I obviously think like streaming and things like that is probably the way to go. That's why I love podcasts, PK, because it's yeah. you know, you actually get a chance to sit and have a conversation. I know we're doing this virtually, but I can still see you, you know, the the I can still look into your eyes to a certain you know, certain 
certain sort of extent. But even here, like in, if we're in a studio or something like that, you can actually have a conversation with someone. And even if you disagree with maybe something they've said, you've actually got an opportunity to actually try and at least understand the way they think. Yeah. But in social media, people are just like, oh, no, we're not having any of that. Like if you said yep. something that challenges the way I think or it's gonna get my offended. identity, it's like you're attacking me. It's like it's crazy. I mean, Anna's had yeah. some crazy stuff like – yeah, recently stuff that I've just like she tells me I'm just like <laughs> I laugh though but it, everything you've just said to me is just the personification of where I'm at in life with just knowing who I am knowing what I stand for knowing I'm pure of heart with it speaking my voice standing up when I see an injustice with the things that I'm passionate about and then being okay with my boundary to say no to everything else like and be like well that's and you, the, I'm telling you um oh my god I'm thinking of the second one. What was the first book? Earth is Hiring taught me that strongly, your first book, truly. And then, I mean, you innately go along because I think baptism of fire, right, with hate and criticism and things you just learn as you go as well. But um, And then Stop Missing the Point, your second book, when you just said the Ben story, I was like, I read that the other day. Like it's just that it's it's to know thy, know thyself, know thy boundaries, give a shit about what you give a shit about, stand firm in that, but know that you don't have to care about everything and appease everybody and not try to offend everybody. It's not even that you, you don't have to. It's that you physically cannot. You can't, yeah. And I learned that by trying. <laughs> and this is the thing. It's like I was so willing to humble myself and lean into other people's perceptions and, and too willing that I would leave myself mm. and Forget my fire and forget who the fuck I was and where I've come from and who I am because other people were sort of saying that I wasn't as worthy to feel as other people were and I would tend to them and be over-responsible for them. And then I learned through getting mastitis, through getting sick, through all of these things, no more, no more. I have a three-year-old and a baby, a three-year-old watching me. I'm not going to teach her that... Other people's viewpoints and, and expression is important. However, you need to always leave yourself to bend to what they think. Mm. And it's, it's not about not caring or being a humble person. There's such a thing, though, as being overly humble where you forget who you are and your own worth. So there needs to be a balance where you're like, I know who I am, but I can still completely listen to who you are. And if there's something that resonates with me, like, shit, I could actually really take that. Do it. This isn't about walking around like, this is who I am, take it or leave it. That's not what this is about. But it's about not copying stuff that is, like, not okay by you and not true for you and leaving yourself to over-soothe other people's perception of how you need to be. Mm. And so I'm in that middle ground where I can always listen. Yeah, fuck, I can see how. And I've had instances recently like, yeah, I can I can really thank you for making me aware. I'm going to be more aware of that, totally. Um, whereas back in the day I may have been like, fuck, I am an absolute idiot. Like, and then and forget what I felt and not even let myself feel what I felt. And and recently I had a, something happen and I came to you with it and you reminded me and I was like, this happened and I was feeling really shit, like, oh, my God. And you reminded me, like, you were like, no, no, that is not okay. And I felt into it and that, and I was like, no, it's and not a okay. boundary overstep. But I tried, I was getting ready to be like, wow, like leave myself and my truth because my priority was to be there for them rather than being like, 
who am I, what do I feel, and how can I be in this and feel what you feel? And, like, if there's something that I need to, like, then I will take it. But I'm not just going to take everything because you said I should. Exactly. And as women and as mothers, it is so important. And I even noticed with Soul at the Park, things like, if, if I say, you know, we, we're talking about sharing and things. And if I'm always saying to Sol, you need to share, you need to share, it's so nice to share, and then another kid doesn't share with her and me to say, don't worry, they don't need to share. I'm teaching her that what everybody else wants and needs is way more important than what she needs. And she should always share, but other people don't have to share with her. It's like we're teaching, we ourselves think it's more important to be seen as a good person than to honour ourselves. And then we start doing it to our children. And it's goes on and on and on and on. So I notice now Sol will always ask me, Mum, tell me a story about when Henry didn't share his ball because she's really wanting to understand this, like really like her worth in this. Oh, and I, I was, love that. Tell me the story. She always tell, ask me to tell a story about things that she's really processing. I said, you know, some people will want to share things, some people will not, and you will sometimes want to share and sometimes you won't. I said there's some things that Mummy loves to share and some things that I, I just don't want to share. And that's up to me in my heart and you'll always just ask your heart, do I want to share and do I not? And also respect that other people can ask their heart as well. And so rather than being like, you need to share because otherwise that mum at the park will think that I'm not a good parent. It's, mm. you know, and it's, it's dangerous. I would be this like, so, so let's crash Henry and take it from him. Stories ready to tell you when he comes. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Morgs has got some great stories. But this happened to me at a dinner. This is when I really realised, really Say something nasty about Henry's (laughs) mum. Teach her some jokes, God. But no, this happened at a dinner uh, probably a year or two ago and Delilah was there probably two years ago. We're at a dinner and there was a confrontation that I had super calmly and respectfully with someone at the table. Just I didn't like who they were. They shouldn't have been sitting there. Everything, it all kind of kicked off. And very politely they were sort of um, copy, saying things to me and I said, enough. I just stood my ground and I said, hey, you know, you're not welcome here. You can get up and leave. Someone at the table actually felt uncomfortable by me speaking up and saying you need to leave and made themselves known and said, I'm uncomfortable with this confrontation, Anna, just leave it. And I actually said, no, no, it doesn't, you know, in this instance, it's I'm not comfortable. I'm sorry you're not uncomfortable, but they need to leave the table. I just still stood my ground. Anyway, they left the table the night kicked on. We were walking back to our room that night and little Miss Seven at the time spoke up and she said, Auntie Nana, can I tell you something? Beth was there as well, my sister. And she said, you know, I learnt tonight how to stick up for myself politely. And Beth burst into tears. And I said, what was the biggest lesson you learnt? That she, and it was, I can't remember it verbatim, but it was like that even if it makes someone else uncomfortable, you need to always stick up for yourself as well. And I was like, ladies and gentlemen, the <laughs> seven-year-old in the room understands Shit. it and the 35-year-old at the table did not. So it's true. I could have told Delilah, now Delilah, you need to always da 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 but they're always just going to pick up on who you are and what you do. Exactly. And same thing with like, oh, don't you're making that person sad. And then they think, oh, shit, I better not express myself because that person is sad. And it's, you know, it's so important that we're teaching our children how to be loving and caring, but they already are loving and caring. <laughs> we can fuck them up. It's, we, we, we fuck up their sense of self-worth and, like, we, we fuck them up. Like, 
it's about preserving this stuff that's natural in them and being there to help them make sense of things and stuff. But but a lot of the time we, and this is where I'm really coming up, like children are, they they like when people say children are your biggest teacher, there's no truer word because they show you, like, mum, I need you to make and you have to look inside yourself, like, wow, like, oh shit, like what I want for you is actually better than the standard I'm holding for myself. Mm. So I now need to change the standard for myself. And again, it's like, you know, we care more about how others perceive us than how much we're actually really alive. And when we're truly alive and living from our centre, we're always a loving, caring person. Even if others don't, it doesn't sound how others want us to want it to sound, we still are. And asserting our boundaries is incredibly loving because I've had friends where I've asserted boundaries and they've gone, thanks, um, because I totally did put that on you unnecessarily and I was having a shit that, like, thanks for showing me. And my other friends have gone, no, fuck you. You know, it's just, and I've had other times where I've, again, just been like, I'm sorry, oh, my God, you're right. And it's just, Yeah. But then you resent and you hate it. From the truth, you're never you're never letting anybody truly down. Yeah, it happened. At, like Morgzy was on a guys trip. Boys, yeah, boys, boys. fishing, camping, fishing, boating, camping, fishing. <laughs> it was more, it was poor, poor little. It was more no boating, just camping and, and drinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he sent me a photo. He was like, babe, whilst you're like sticking up for, for Victoria, so am I. And it was a can of Victoria bitter. And I was like, kind of. It was like 8 a.m. I was having a VB. It's my version, it's my version of thoughts and prayers. That's yeah. it. <laughs> you know what? It, I'm sure the people of Victoria appreciated you. They would have. It's probably more helpful. Like it's probably more helpful than thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. more helpful than love and light in this scenario, I yeah. think. Yeah. Well, it's Victorian, I was, it's Victorian bitter, so, you know, that's probably – do they brew it there still? I was going to say, I don't know. I don't even know if they, maybe. maybe. But yeah. he was on this boys' trip and my beautiful girlfriends and I that live in the same complex, we were planning, the, well, they were planning the weekend and they said, oh, well, we're going to do a girls' night, which we did on the Saturday night, and which was super fun. We clayed and drank champagne. I saw on stories. Oh, my God. It was super fun. And then, But then the next day, G and Jesse were going to go, they were like, okay, and then Sunday we're going to go for brunch and we're going to do all these beautiful things. And I was like, it's just a no from me. Like I... I was like, I am untouchable and uncontactable on Sunday, but have the best time and live your best life. And it was funny because then the night, that night, girls' night, we were doing our questions. So we were like, what are you most afraid of? And all these things. And um, nice. I think we were saying, what, what was the best, what was all of our best trait? And Jesse said, the personification of self-love from you, like even the nose, like even like, and it was so easy. I was like, I even said to Morgs, I was like, oh, for a second, I go, I hope the girls don't this is yeah. before I left. I was like, I hope the girls don't take that personally that I'm like, I don't want to hang out with you on Sunday. <laughs> but then I was like, well, no. And then it's funny. And then I thought, I don't actually care because it's not, you know, there's no way that it's to, that no, I don't want to hang out with them. But then no, that Saturday no. night, Jesse said, you know, it's your, the, my favorite trait of yours is a personification of self-love in that like you'll even say no for, a, you know, a girl's catch up. So, and I think that's where so many mothers, and you can speak to this, um, again, it goes back to that boundaries, but it's like mothers, even with their kids, because I know conscious parenting is your DMO at the moment and you're phenomenal at it, um, but mothers will martyr themselves to just in general all, all the time for all things and won't say no. And, and then I just think what are the kids watching when that happens? A hundred percent. 
And I agree with the girls. You you are the personification of self love, and you do because of your story. A lot of it as well. I don't know if you shared all your story, but you are really. You've taught me a lot about it, and that's why I always come to you if I feel myself <laughs> getting ready to abandon ship, and <laughs> I will come to you and be like, "I need to tell you something," because some because sometimes it's automatic, and you always are no, and. But you'll also be like, you know, you're also not, it's not just a flat out answer. It's still, it's still always exploring what's the truth in everything, you know? Like, what is the truth? You know, were you a bitch? Were you not a bitch? Like, that's, that's where we need to be. So, firstly, yes, I agree. Um, and what was the question again? Well, it was just like, you, you are amazing at this. And I said how mothers, like, are not doing this, oh, martyring. Yeah, what is it showing the children? Exactly. Um, and it's our children want uh, to feel liberated and I feel that's my personal purpose in this lifetime beyond anything anyone on Instagram sees me do or what I make or what anyone can list on a resume or bio. So I don't do resumes or bios and I don't have one on my website because I'm like, it's just not me and all those things don't make up who I am. My legacy is going to be breaking things breaking the cycle of a long line of women who didn't know how amazing they were and they didn't recognise their worth and they weren't liberated in so many ways. And these amazing women who who didn't get to experience that liberation in so many ways and I, I want and I feel like I'm here to break that circuit, to liberate and heal so much in my lineage but also, and that story goes super deep about my Get mom. you back on my nana and my nana's mom and it's super deep and and I have so much respect for those women and I also look at my daughter and I'm like, no, I know I know what I'm here to claim and how I'm here to live. Not from and my inspiration comes from the women in my family. And mm. and especially looking at my daughter is she is she is learning Firstly, they have an innate sense of self-worth, which is why they'll say, I want this and no I don't want this. It's very clear. We Fuck it out of them by telling them, no, that's not realistic. No, that's going to make that person sad. No, that doesn't fit in with my schedule. And then, so, so again, this is not perfect every day. Last night I even had a moment with Sora. I was like, yeah, mommy got really tired. I got really tired. I'm really sorry for, yeah. And I'll, I'll just talk to her like that. Just like a, so much respect for her. And I say, I, you know, I snapped and I raised my voice and you don't deserve to be spoken to like that. And I want you to know that. I have oh, I'm still learning. And sometimes at the end of the day, I'm really tired. Like you get <laughs> tired, me too. And and I was explaining to her, and she'd go, Mum, mummy, she'd go and face, Mum, that's okay. I don't like when I yell too. And I'm like, and then we'll talk about how she felt loved and all that stuff. So it's not about being perfect to get it right all the time. It's about having respect for them and letting them know that they don't, you know, it's not okay for certain people of certain age groups to speak to them a certain way. You have to remember that how we speak to them is how they speak to themselves in their head. And so it's like, you know, when I go to Pilates, you know, I will tell so, you know, mommy's going to do something for herself and I go to Pilates or I need, I'm just going to have a little time to write, you know. I, I have stuff that I like to do for myself. And even at nighttime I'll say, so, you know, in the evening mum and dad like to have just an hour to wind down. And when we push our evening out all night long, mum and dad don't get to have a relax, you know, and just explain things like that that we have needs to. So I'm not just saying it to her but... She's seeing it. And, again, it's not perfect. I still have 
so much room for improvement in this area, but it is my priority, 100% my priority in my life. And with children, you know, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just so important that they know how, what they're worth and that we know what we're worth. And why do we feel like we have I feel like this is a real thing for you, though. I'm like, I'm watching it unfold even more. You've always been this way as soon as Soul was conceived. In fact, I remember the call when Soul was conceived. In fact, I remember the call. During, during the conversation. <laughs> Just prior. No, I remember the call when you, you called and you were like, I have news for you. I'm not pregnant, but we want to try. And I was like, oh. <gasps> it was like next, next minute, another call. And <laughs> Yeah, no time wasted. Oh, no. Do you remember the date, Morgs? Do you remember? Can you remember where we were? I, I do. I think I, I remember vaguely. I remember you saying, because I think uh, another friend of ours, Rose, had, uh, just she was like a couple yeah. of months pregnant. Yeah. And it was just no, like. No, where were like, we? I it remember. was like a, it was almost like, a, a, it was almost like COVID. It just like went through everybody. Like all of our friends started, <laughs> getting, started yeah. getting pregnant. So where we were, Morgs, was you were getting your hair cut in a barber in Brisbane. And well, I don't remember these details. Oh, yeah, now I'm coming back. Now it wasn't Brisbane, it was Melbourne. Okay. Was Melbourne. And then you and go. you FaceTimed us. And I was like, Yes, hey, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. But I anyway, so I remember from the conception, you've just like, because you, I mean, with all of your books, it, I feel like they're time and date stamps in your life. I really do. Like Earth is Hiring was phenomenal. Life change. If people haven't got it yet, get the damn book. Um, and then missing the point for me has been so poignant recently. I'll get back to my question, but like poignant for me just with where you were at back when you wrote that just with and it, it's very based on everything we've talked about just mm-hmm. owning sovereignty almost just owning yeah. who you are and having the boundaries and things um but I feel like your next where you're going and just this fire and passion from you at the moment is is this conscious parenting and teaching being a voice yeah. for mothers and fathers just parents to of, of conscious parenting and it's exciting yeah. I'm watching it and I'm like you better do a fucking course or something and it better yeah, be done just, we get pregnant. This is a funny thing say again I was like and it better be fucking done by the time we get pregnant yeah <laughs> but this is the thing is like sometimes I have this voice it's like well you're not fucking qualified to do it like oh. you're a three-year-old and an I might thought but then it's like it's not about qualification it's about sometimes about philosophy and experience and awareness and just shining a light on it and mm. There are very few parenting teachers. Like I've got a, a list of, at my hands that I that I really resonate with because so many of them are about about discipline and strategy and all. And rather than honouring the child's, so I do feel a real calling. I do. I don't know how it's going to happen or whatever yet, um, but I do feel like I'm a voice for children. And I've always I will be at a playground. I'm not saying I'm a child whisperer, but I can't <laughs> I be at a playground. And Delilah does love you. To me, like I'm their mum. It happens all the time. And Eric's just like, and they run up and they'll be like, "Can you um come and push me on the swing? Or watch me, watch me." And I think they can feel how much respect I have for them, and the way I speak to them. You know, is I'm just always look them in the eye and smile at them. And I just, I just, I don't know. I just have so much respect for children. Um, I don't know if it was something to do with my childhood where I felt super misunderstood. All throughout school, all of the time. What was the uh, ruler? What was your ruler friend? Peg? I had a friend who was a ruler. Her name was Gortensia. And Gortensia. Had- 
Yeah, she had wool on her hair and I still have her in my mum's house. Mum was like, oh, I've still got Gautensia. I was like, I would hope so, mum. Otherwise, it's murder. It's murder. <laughs> you killed my friend. I saw you reaching off camera then. I thought Same. you were going to grab it. Same. Oh, yeah, I'm just like, here she is. <laughs> anyway, I just didn't, past I, you. I didn't feel that. I think that that's why I have such a, um, yeah, I just really, there's some kids that just, I play and I'll be like, oh, that was and annoying, you know, yeah. but that's like me know. with every kid. Ever, <laughs> <laughs> period. But just in general, I just see them, and you know, just I don't know. I I always just make an effort to connect um, with them, and I just notice in the playground sometimes I just feel like I have twelve kids at once that I've never met, and they'll just come and tell me things and hold my hands, and I just feel this like. There's advocacy for the for all of them, not just for for mine, you know. And this is why so many of the organisations I give to is like um, refugees giving birth to their children at the borders and um, building schools for Indigenous children that are special for them and not based on um, white education and just all different children. I just feel like if we could honour children for who they really are and le- and let them live in our hearts. The whole world would change. There wouldn't be any. There wouldn't be any of it. It's that we've all been led astray from who we really are, um, and taken away from our hearts. And that's why the world is fucking shit. Well, it's not shit. It's not. It's it's, a, it's been a but year. It's been a hot year. Why it's off its head right Crazy now. Year. Yeah. Off its head. I feel like Morgs, babe, I feel like your parenting style in all this is like you're like the hard to get kind of guy like, <laughs> that kids just love because he just gives them nothing. I'm sure I'll be, I'm sure I'll be different when we, if, you know, when we, if we ever have our own kids. But like before when you were like with someone else's kid, is like, hey, watch me. I was like, I could not think of anything. I had to watch someone else's kid. <laughs> Jesus, you're a saint. <laughs> Look, flat out, annoying. Annoying. Yeah. Uh, For sure. Still, yeah. You know, still should be allowed to be annoying in their nature. Yeah. In know. their heart. And yeah, with yeah. some kids, I'm also like, some kids I'll see them bullying another kid and I'm like, don't get involved, don't get involved. But it's so hard. I just want to go up and, and have like this mediation mm. and be like, you do not. Like he is, his pink shorts, one kid in London, when I was living in London, was bullying this kid for wearing pink shorts and then he was borrowing my scoop and I was like, do I get it back? This kid a lesson. He could not bully this kid. I just wanted to defend him so bad. I was like, look, just, oh, I was so upset for him. I, I talk about this all the time. I'm like, what happened? No, dead set. I'm always like, because I am that woman where I'm like, I will always have to defend. I'm like, if my kid came home from school and was like, mummy, Sarah was mean to me or like punched me or did something wrong, oh, what do you do? Like, I Oh, I would want to go down there. And especially if their mum's like, no, my kid would never do that. I, I haven't gotten to that point in my life yet. So, I think I'm just going to homeschool, period, full time. Yeah, we'll see what happens when you get to that because I, I remember one time a kid stepped on my brother's diorama at primary school and my mum oh, at school oh, and she she ripped his mum like, you do not step on someone else's artwork. You do not, you know, just basically my mum you know what, at Williton, her job was the the person who dealt with all the bullies. Like, oh, really? 
You're a bully. She's great at that. You go and see my mum. Yeah. Yeah. The kids come in the school with machete down their pants. My mum was the one. To go <laughs> this is the school. Yeah. Like we, it would have been a bit of that, Wilson, too. That was the there school. was a lot of that. I remember this. Yeah, this is the school. I mean, the school was phenomenal, but, like, I remember when the the – the other school, Linwood, had come to the Oval with knives to, like, fight that, our boys. But that happens to every generation, every year. That school comes because we all went. And I remember the I people, climbed up on the, people listening. The, the soccer nets and, like, watched. Yeah, so for people listening, Anna and I went to the same high school, even though I'm four years older. PK didn't, but your mum taught there. Yeah. 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 But we didn't it's know each other. the world where we live. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Actually, You're one of those fancy private school people, weren't you? No, I, no I'm not. No. I, I went to John Curtin College of the Arts. It was. Right. He thought that was private though. Oh, no, it was not private. For sure not private. It okay. was stoners, um, yeah. teachers you got who feel like they're Coca-Cola account with alcohol. Some amazing school. Not saying <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I there. But it was every every mixture. There was performing arts, like because it was performing arts school. I was there yeah. for school. Uh, there was soccer, then there was like sailing, and then there was media. It was super eccentric. Um, yeah, I wanted know, to go there for dance. When they were in year eight, you knew they were gay, you were contortionist, so you became very accepting of diversity very young. It was, but it was very, it was still, it's still rough. Um, uh, my mum was colourful, but still rough. My mum taught dance, so she used to teach there as well. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So she's scheduled. And she listens to all these podcasts. So she'll probably hear this too. So. Oh hi. Yeah. Hey, Sharon. Hey. We did that like we're like hi, moms. Yeah. Um, I want to go here. But it's good school. It is a good school. It I just want to say. I actually, before, I I don't know where Anna's going to go, but I want to talk a little bit about okay. the response that you got when you said that you were going to stop being vegan. Oh yeah. I wasn't going to go there, but let's go there. Um, I want to go there because it's it's yeah. a topic. Okay. So firstly, I was vegan for three years. That was pretty hard. Pretty. You were very awesome. hardcore vegan. I was pretty hardcore about it. <laughs> um, and then I was on my book tour with my then eight-month-old baby, breastfeeding and traveling the whole world doing a book tour. So much energy going out, not even funny. And one of my body was like, "You need to eat fish." And I was like, "Okay," because I'm not, I'm not fucking with my wellness, my well-being when I am responsible for giving life force to another child and her intuition again it's speaking through my body that's yeah. the connection that you have when you're raising a young child is if if i needed something it was because she needed something so mm. it's all well and good if i want to stick to my dogma and ideals but i'm not i'm not putting that onto her mm. and it's funny so basically i mean i came out and talked about it at my book tour like the next day and and then i did the la one i was like why fish i sat and i just spoke about it talked about dogma and everything and then at my new york one I spoke about it and there was a girl who I was, so I was just finished. I just finished speaking. It was about five hours. I hadn't fed souls. My boots were so sore. I stood in the line for two and a half hours to sign all the books. Always exhausted, like faint, faint. And then someone stood back and said, "Um, I'm not judging you, but, which is, you know, this is judgment coming right at you. Um, how do you think it's okay to justify eating animals and say this? I'm not judging you, but I'm just, I just want to know, um, how do you think it's okay to say that you're respectful? And we're not, I can't even remember it all. And I just remember being so tired and she meant well, she, she wasn't, she wasn't doing, she was just very passionate, you know, and I could recognize that in her because I was like that too. So I wasn't at all like, what? I was like, I completely get it. However, I was so tired and I just said, you know what, like, I don't, I don't know. All I know is that, like, if it genuinely comes from my intuition, it is okay for the world. And 
and I'm I'm not like I know what I put out into the world. So if I need nourishment from the animal kingdom, I'm going to give it to my body. It was something very short like that. And she took a photo yeah. and that was it. But that yeah. was the start of like, oh, my God, I'm really going to who what you know. And then I got to do this thing. Oh, yeah, I thought you were a solid human. I thought you were a solid human, Peter. Don't you know eggs and chicken, period? It just went on and on and on and on. What the fuck? And I just, it, and it's just like, okay, whoa. And then I started to, I was like, firstly, I was like, vegan. And then I was like, I fucking hate vegans. <laughs> <laughs> I got no Remember, problems you with, did, with. You fucked it hard. I feel yeah, like you, I, I feel like you kind of had grown this. Yeah, you were for three years. You were such a savagely active vegan. Yeah. Um, and then and then you went, and it was perfect and poetic and beautiful because I was like, it was just such a. You were the embodiment of that. It's okay to change your mind, but people were offended that you changed your mind. And so yeah. I just want people to listen. If you want to change your mind, you can change your mind. It's safe I, and you will survive. I remember after your birthday. Well, you got was, so excited when she wasn't vegan. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'll just say, I'm gonna, this is going to lead into a question, but um, I remember after your birthday that time in uh, the States when we all stayed at the Vice. Was the Vice, Roy? Oh, in LA? Yeah. Yeah, and, and like everyone went oh, out yeah. and I had too much to drink. <laughs> yes. I got the next okay. day. Yeah, yeah, but and you made us go to Cafe Gratitude, and I was so hungover. And I walked in there thinking I was going to get like bacon and eggs, and it was just like he was so pissed. <laughs> I can't remember because you order you, with Cafe Gratitude, you order um, obviously based that kind of on how you're feeling and your emotion, isn't it? Like oh yeah, <laughs> fucking hungover. I know, but I remember, but the funny thing was right. The owner of Cafe Gratitude, I learned a couple of years later, he ran oh, into God. health problems and. It was decided that he, um, by his doctors and stuff like that, that he actually needed to start eating some some specific form of animal protein. Mm. So when he came out and said it, and that he, this is what's happening and he's unwell and this is the advice of his doctors and this is what he needs to do, people went absolutely ballistic over it. There was articles in the paper and all kinds of stuff. People were boycotting the store, wanted to burn it down. Absolutely nuts. So like, I don't have a problem with people if they want to eat vegan and stuff like that. But, but when you try and like – when people – try and put that ideology onto you and say you're a bad person because you don't adhere to the same dogma that they do. That's when it gets a bit rough. But I wanted to, I never asked you, what I wanted to know is like, do you, do you feel any different? Um, I feel, I really thrived as a vegan. I did. I knew how to yeah. eat. I wasn't. Yeah. Well, you got that background. Yeah. I knew how to do it and I knew how to get everything. And I had a really thriving vegan pregnancy. So was nine, 9.2 pounds or something, yeah. four, four over four kilos. So really healthy vegan baby. And then, I thrived with it until I didn't anymore. And that was that simple. And my yeah. commitment is to thriving and well-being and alignment. It wasn't to a certain dogma. And I didn't need to eat vegan to justify that I was a good person. I really yeah. believed in it. Um, but only to the I, but I what was more important to me was my body and my health and my well-being and that I was aligned and obviously taking care of my daughter. Yeah. And so um so when I started to eat meat, again, I, I was very slow and I, you know, felt good. The thing, so it was, yeah, it basically worked for my body until it didn't work for my body. Yeah. And then I started to notice that I just wasn't getting the sustenance. I was eating almond butter with my hand, like by the jar at night. Like that was a sign <laughs> that I wasn't getting what I was needing, yeah. even though it was a very mindful eater breastfeeding my baby with all this energy going out on this book it wasn't enough for me it just yeah. wasn't 
So I had to just drop my stories and dogman ideals immediately. And I, and I could, you know, thank God. But then, and then with PAX, so getting pregnant with PAX, there was not a chance in hell I could have been vegan carrying that, carrying that baby. Ten pound baby. Not a chance in hell. He needed me to eat meat and he needed me to eat. I mean, there, I, I could, if so I So many, so many pregnant women, so many people though that have, that, that have been where you've been, because I hear it all the time now at the moment. I've, you know, we've got lots of different friends that even have been vegan and then are like, I just couldn't, I literally had to eat meat. I'm like, I get it because I've had another best friend that has gone through this. Like it's this intuitive, I imagine, physical calling of like, I just need to do what my body's asking of me with no judgment. Yep. And this goes and back to the whole. What your children are asking of you. So even packs now. Um, he's nine months old. He he will always eat the meat off his plate first, always. Mm. And Morgan's like, and just and he and he, and he got a lot of teeth really quickly. So he he needs it. it he's asking for it. So yep. obviously, in in my womb, he was you know, mum. Just so you know, I'm gonna need it. And so my whole pregnancy, I craved it a lot, and then giving birth. Um, ever since I've been breastfeeding him, I've been craving it a lot. And who knows if I will forever? It's yeah. not. It's and but he he. I mean, there's lamb shanks slow cooking right now for him. Oh, and, yeah. But then my daughter Sol, she's not really big on meat. She'll eat it sometimes during the week, but she. she I didn't have meat cravings when I was pregnant with her. Yeah. I, I I craved a more vegan lifestyle. So she's got a totally different composition, and she wants totally different things. Yeah. So, we don't even eat a lot of red meat these days. We eat a bit of chicken and, you know, mm. a little bit of fish and stuff here and there, but not loads, not like We had a beautiful a steak last night though. Yeah, but that would have been the first time in a very, very long time. Yeah. yeah. Steak. Not that I've got anything against steak or red meat. I just, I don't know. I just don't eat <laughs> and it's how you, And it's how you eat it too, you know. Like it's, you know, it's, it, again, it's, there. you could go into this conversation for hours and go back yeah. and forth philosophies and the morals and the and the ethics and you can go you can talk about that with regards to anything you can say to vegan well okay well you're so compassionate towards animals that's great but what about a little bit compassionate toward compassion towards humans who don't think the same as you you know some vegans i always think about those vegans who storm storm the restaurants like power to who are that passionate but if there's a there's a family in there who's saved up maybe for a whole month to go for this dinner yeah you don't know what their blood is like or their heritage is like or if they're Indigenous where you, yeah. you know, they, it's very, um, they, they love to eat meat, you know. Like I have Indigenous friends who are like, you would never, ever, ever tell me that I couldn't have my kangaroo curry. Like yeah, you don't know what these, these people are and then you're storming and imposing your beliefs and standing there basically berating them while they're having a yeah. family dinner. Like that to me is, it's not on. This and, is, this, yeah, go on. No, but I'm just, I'm just saying like it's, it is this whole thing, though, of what we like the whole the. I think it's so so poetic, but this is where you're like stop missing the point. I was going to be like, this is where people need to stop missing the point and yeah. stop being so offended. And I think if we if everyone could just carry that, I love your vegan and I'm all like I'm vegan and you're not, but you're super passionate about climate change and I'm not. But they would if they were, you know. But yeah. whatever, like I'm super passionate about homelessness but you don't give it, you know, you've never donated a dollar to the homelessness, but how beautiful that we both have our passions and our interests and we can both stand in that and disagree but love one another still. Exactly. And my philosophy is that 
the, you don't need everyone to adopt a certain philosophy for it to still impact the world. So you don't need everyone to go vegan for it to still have a positive impact on the world. Mm. You don't need everyone to adopt one thing. There's going to be people who are genuinely called to it. Like our intuition is all connected to the same thing. So if someone's intuition is saying something and yours is saying something and you're both into your intuition, it's both, both are contributing to the whole. You're not messing it up. It's that we think you need to do what I'm doing or you're not doing the right thing for the world. And it's no, it's you need to do what's in your intuition. I need to do what's mine because they're both connected to the whole. And that's going to probably look different to what I think in my head, but that's not my, that's, that's where my job ends. It's yeah. not my job to try and oversoul other people and try and take on their awakening or take on their soul and think I know better for them because you don't. Yeah. It's, what's well, I think true for me? I think as well. I think as well, PK, it's like, say if whatever your ideology is, I know we're just talking about like, you know, veganism, but let's just use that. It's like, so when you become that way, there's always someone who's going to look at you and go, well, you're not doing enough. Like, you know what? Oh, it's great that you don't eat animals, but you live in a house and animals would have been displaced and killed when that house was built. Therefore, you need to go live in a hut by the beach and you can't piss in the lake because that might kill some fish. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then how dare you wear a yellow shirt because I lost my yellow shirt. This is mustard. This is mustard, I'll have you know. (laughs) How dare you get the colour wrong? My name starts with L, not M. How could you wear a shirt that didn't start with the letter of my name? Oh, (laughs) disgusting. That's literally sometimes what it sounds like. Yeah, it is. It's like you just, you're never. This is the internet in 2020. But this is, what a powerful conversation to be like, we can. Stop being so offended by things that we are not in, you know, it's not our platform to stand on, I always say, but you can love and respect people where they're at. We've got beautiful other vegan friends who are amazing vegans in that. But it is funny. The guys I was way with, I'm just, I don't have any, you know, food preferences. One of them was keto. The other one was vegan and our other mate had to organize the food for everyone. (laughs) It was like, it was like having an That is a boy's trip. (laughs) If that is not a boy's trip in 2020, but personified, like, let's go on a boys trip. Yeah, get the fucking beer at 8 a.m. I don't have any carbs. Um, excuse me, I don't do carbs um, and <laughs> I'm vegan. And he so, eats avocados. Everyone's just going to the only food everyone can have. Okay, yeah. I asked this. I'm like, tell me what you all ate. Tell me breakfast, lunch, dinner, go, break it down. I'm fascinated because I was like, like what? Someone would be like, avocados have got too much saturated fat. Oh, I know somebody can't eat avocados too. I'm like, oh, that that's heartbreaking. It's even if you're allergic oh, or you got some medical thing. On. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, so I think we dealt with the vegan thing, ma'am. I think I hijacked your question before too. Yeah, I just, I'm like, I'm so conscious of time, but I'm, yeah, I know it as well. Like, you might not, it might not be your like literally your thing to put in your Insta bio. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you don't become more aware about it. You know, yeah. like I am going to become more aware of that issue, of course, because yeah, I totally. can't become more aware of that. I may not become the poster child for it. Yeah. yeah. I am going to open my eyes to it. It's about that living in the heart. I mean, you're living yeah. in your heart. You're always going to be doing the most appropriate thing and, and humbling yourself and learning and, and being like, fuck, yeah, putting yourself in other people's shoes, mm. not just doing it one way, you know. And why label like, yourself? Exactly. No label. Like, but, yeah. but on that, it's so true, yes, and we were speaking to our vegan friends the other day and I and Kyle had said, um, well, you should watch Dominion, which is a, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's just well, like, it's this like animal, it's an animal cruelty. It's an animal rights, anti-factory yeah. farming document. Yeah, and I said to Mulks, and I was like, of course, I, I know, I'll absolutely watch it. Send it through by all means. Like I want to watch it. 
I watched it. We watched it. And I said to Morgs, and it's horrific. Like, and I said to Morgs, I actually think that every person, meat eater or vegan, should watch it because I think if you can understand where your food comes from, uh, and I remember Morgs and I sat on the couch and we made a promise because I was like, is it bad that I'm still okay to eat meat, which I am? And I said to Morgs, and then I was like, no, it's not. And I said, but it's made me super hyper aware that I will only eat meat now if I know like if it's organic grass-fed like I just and look privilege yes because I work my ass off to be able to afford that and have that choice sure mm. I know people are like but I can't afford that that's okay I understand that's a privilege but then I'm like that was that was a moment for me the vegan was like you need to watch this and I was like of course watched it still I'm gonna eat meat but chose to say well I'm gonna make sure that I always eat you know organic grass-fed now yeah, and know where it's from and that's the thing there's a way to do it. There's a yeah. way to do it. There's a way, like I often think, and it's not the same as comparing to animals at all. So no vegans who are watching this, please don't get in your high horse and say, don't compare rice to animals. But do people appreciate how long it takes for Indonesian farmers to grow rice? Do people actually appreciate that process? Have you ever been there and watched? watched and the, the water? water. Rice. Has anybody ever have respect for those farmers in that way? It's like everybody should be mindful of where their food comes from. Yeah. Not just animal sourced protein of course it's a totally different story i'm not comparing but animal lives matter of course yeah indonesian farmers lives matter of course you know it's not one of those fights it is that everybody should be mindful of where their food comes from this is part of eating and whether it's an animal whether it's vegan there's always a there's always a process involved it's it's always you know and and i think people need to have a have a look at rice because it's a bloody intense thing that yeah. takes oh yeah oh moxie and i talk about this all the time this is but like i'm um, like this is part and part i learned I just, the other day i learned the other day sorry i just y'all just give me two seconds it takes three years for a lime tree to bear fruit mm. three Did fucking you know? years so yeah, we just like in abundance down the shops yep exactly and then there's these farmers who are going through this drought it's like yeah it's there's so many considerations for where our food comes from in general totally. Totally. We always do a blessing before before our food with salt. Yeah. That's what happens when you like you go to Star and play groups and stuff. You sing songs over your food. It's beautiful. But anyway, and we we do thank the farmers. We thank all the people along the process, whether it's an animal meal or whether it's not. Um, and even I'm like, so you know, we we bake these cookies. Are you grateful for me? You know? <laughs> um, because we do a lot of baking in our house. And I always, late last night, I was telling her, you know, we are we're really fortunate to get to eat this quality of food and, you know, no matter what it is, just, just being grateful for the fact that, you know, anyway. I love it. But before I let you go, you have to let me go here quickly. Cause I, I think as I was talking before and I just said, it, I was like, you know, I know that's a privileged thing. However, I work really hard and rah, rah, rah. I want you to speak to, cause this is, we both met due to network marketing Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm like, it's a disservice to me if I don't, we don't touch on this on this call. Mm-hmm. And I still know how much fire and passion and belief and just integrity you bring to this space of network marketing. And I've got, I did a Q&A the other day on my Instagram stories and, and something that still came up like often in the questions was I got asked hundreds, but do I still cop Do you, you know, do, how do I deal with criticism or um, things about the profession? And I think... For us now, even when I said privilege before, I was like, no, but anybody in 2020 to me has the opportunity, anybody, to 
choose a profession or a side hustle like network marketing and go for it. Mm -hmm. And did you want to speak to the power of finding this early in your 20s? I know this is probably like a whole other podcast, but what is some spitfire that you can give about this fucking amazing profession of network marketing that we both have chosen? Well, it's amazing. Um, Like anything, there are good actors and bad actors in it. There are companies that are really solid and integrity and do everything right, and then there are companies who don't, same as any profession. Firstly, there are also some people who get into network marketing and do it really beautifully with integrity, and then there's some who don't, same as any other profession, uh, trades, same as people who sell programs online, same as certain there's podcasters, there's people who do things with a whole different bunch of flavours. Um, the thing the thing with network marketing that I've always known since I got involved in 2011 or 12 is that it is an even playing field and anybody can get involved no matter your education, anything, as long as you've got a fire and you know what you want for your life and you know what you care about, you can partner with an aligned company and their model and make whatever happen for yourself. It's all based on self-responsibility and and your own merits regardless of how the world measures them and that's been the most beautiful thing about it you know I was a young woman in my early 20s with no experience in business no family experience in business living in the most isolated city in the world Um, and it was a platform that allowed me to live into my gifts and create anything I wanted for my life retire my mum my brother and I retired my mum you know from her 40-year career she's a She's a single mother of four children. So we grew up on super hard times all of the time. And that was important to me that I could give her some relief in her life. You know, marketing allowed me to do that. Um, for me, uh, I wanted to have the resources to do whatever I was able to do and create things and be generous. It's who I am. And I love to be able to do that. That's 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 what drives me is having resources do whatever I'm able to do and give to whoever I want to give to and be able to follow my calling of my heart with no inhibitions. So network marketing for me was the vehicle that respected me for who I was and paid me for who I really am and with no limits. And I've been able to then do every do all of my other art and work and programs and very generously, write my books, self-publish them generously, um, the books are literally just a labour of love and a gift um, because of network marketing, how beautifully it butters my bread and how, I mean, you put you put into it. It's something that you nourish forever. And obviously um, now being married to Eric, my role is different, but it's still, it's still um, a very central piece of our life. It's the centre of Eric's life. It's a very important, very important part of my life too. So not only supporting him, but supporting my own team and it always will be yeah. and the thing is it's it's for me it's a true partnership and it's a partnership that supports my integrity my authenticity my dreams what's calling me and it's it's like for me you're looking at social media these days everybody's doing like a try hardy version of network marketing yeah 100%. and I'll get $20 off it's like that's like rookie level network marketing and network marketing that we're involved with is like professional, long time, like long money is better than short money. And we can go into this. Hype money. Disclaimer that, you know, you do have to work. This is not a get rich quick thing. It's a real profession. And there's some people who take it seriously and there's some people who don't. And when you see people like um, certain people um, 
that Michael guy from Maps put up something, you know, about oh, and I'm going to do a podcast on this. You have no idea. Yeah, you have no idea. Firstly, you've never been in that. Secondly, you are engaging in rookie level network marketing because you're basically wanting to build your audience and sell to them, sell products to your audience. And then when people say, "Oh, it's low to buy from your family and friends," hold on a minute. My friend designed my website. I buy from my friends' fashion labels all the time. I support all of my friends' business as as a matter of principle. So, yes, you do buy from your friends and family. Absolutely. Anybody in my world who has a product or service that I can support, I will support it if they're important to me. So, firstly, why do we have such an obsession with paying people we don't know and not supporting people we do know? That's like one big thing that I was just like, oh, no, 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 no. Secondly, it is, is that people like to have a dig at something because they're so pissed off that everyday people are creating amazing lives for themselves. That's what triggers people. Yeah. And that they don't have the balls to do something they're going to get criticised for a lot of the time. So when I see people taking these stabs at the industry, as someone who's been in for a very long time, as someone who sees behind the scenes what building a billion-dollar beast looks like in high integrity, as I do with Isogenics, I know firsthand and I see all the criticisms. I've copied all the criticisms, everything. But then I look at my life and I'm like, it is worth it. It is worth it that I knew something about and I saw the magic and the brilliance. And you ask Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki, what they have to say about network marketing. And they're like, find a company that is aligned with you and get involved. And as I said, there's great companies out there and there's a lot of ones that are not. But but people who have not ever been involved in it. And, And again, another thing, People can find all the people who it didn't work for. You'll find these documentaries, all the people it didn't work for. Didn't work for them, didn't work for them, didn't work for them. And what about the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who it does work for on multiple degrees? Some people, um, amazing levels of income. Some people, they don't want that. They just want a little bit extra month to support their family and to take take the pain off. But when people are engaging in influencer marketing, or any form of referral-based marketing, that's network marketing. It's just not paying as generously a lot of the time as the potential that integrity-based network marketing has. And that's the only one we've ever been involved in, even yeah. though we've seen a lot of other stuff. So it does really, it's, it, it, when people take stabs at, at it when you're one of the good guys, it is like, mm, fuck, that sucks. Um, and I can see how some people do think poorly of the industry because there are a lot of players in it who are disingenuous snakes. Yeah. But when you can find a real gem like like Isogenics is, and I know there's a few others, when you can find a real gem and it's aligned with you and you love the products and you use the products because it's all about integrity and you have a vision for your life and you and you want to partner with a company that wants to support you in having that thriving life, go for it. And know that you're going to do anything you're going to cop criticism. I cop criticism for writing books. I cop criticism for things I wear. I cop criticism for posting a certain thing on my, you know, it's never going to end. But I think the thing that people find so confronting, firstly, that you're selling to people you love. Firstly, you're not selling to people you love. The company is. You're showing them something that you genuinely love, which is what we do every day. So that's a hang-up that doesn't make any sense to me secondly yeah. I love supporting people I love oh my god especially financially I've got people in other network marketing companies that I buy their product to show this my support for them yeah. in other network, my friends in essential oils I buy their product I have an account with my friend Tara and it's important to me that I can do that 
I buy my friends books when they write books all the time. They're like, I'll send you a free one. No, no, I'm going to yep. buy it. You buy my books. You know, this is... 100%. So it's when people have the... Yeah, there's a lot of immaturity around the backlash, but when you truly... And again, there's some companies and ways of doing things that warrant the backlash, 100% get it. However, there's also some real good and some real beauty and some real high integrity. you just got to find the right company, right team, right leader, and also um, be more excited about what it can create for you if you're willing to apply yourself. Again, it's not a sit on your bum, get rich, quick, anything. It's long. It's a long-term legacy, resid, you know, residual thing, um, but it's so worth it. And for me, it's it, for me as a young 20-something when I got involved, being paid to be myself and to thrive in my gifts, like that's, and then to grow as a person and to have all this personal development attached to it and it, it wasn't anything else like it in the world. Yeah. And there's no business model that um, that will compare when it's done when it's done right. Yeah. And I'm like, what, you're nine years in, I'm seven and a half, I'm still like, there's just, there is still nothing that has ever been ever put in front of me that will ever has ever come close to, you know, what we do. And I just, so it's just funny for me because in 2020 now I'm like, we did a podcast where it was like, what if 2020 was actually the year that you gained perfect? Cause that's what it is. 2020 is perfect vision. That is what 2020 hypothetically is. So we did a thing on like, what if 2020 was actually the year you gained perfect vision and found something like what we do if it you know it's up your and stopped having those excuses of well my hours have been cut or I don't have enough money it's like here what we were young 20 year olds creating a life of our absolute dreams becoming best friends traveling the world drinking champagne and being in each other's bridal party like network marketing to me is just the greatest thing on planet earth yep and again when it's done correctly you do Integrity. Your company does with so much integrity, um, and there's always going to be bad actors. There's always going to be people who don't don't do things with integrity. But the same goes with everything. Exactly. On Instagram, same goes with doctors. Create programs and workshops. Same goes with doctors. Yes. Same goes with politicians. Same politicians, electricians, and brickies, and anything you can think of. Church pastors. Yep. Spiritual gurus. (laughs) But you know. People love to hate and people do feel really triggered by everyday people because you're not an expert, you're not a guru, but gone are those days. Like Mm. opportunities for everyone, regardless of how much money they were raised with, the colour of their skin, the the sex, their religious beliefs, their there should be opportunities for all of these people to thrive and have what they feel like they're worth. Yeah. And sometimes those kind of opportunities challenge people who would prefer to think that only people like them can be successful. Yeah. And it's funny, Peter, as well, like the whole thing you mentioned is like about people being like, oh, you can't, you know, profiteering off friends and family is wrong. Well, look, if you think if you're, if you're blatantly ripping people off, then yeah, that doesn't matter whether they're family yeah. or friends, that's wrong. Yeah. But, exactly. also, but, it's, but it's like the same people if they owned a pub, they wouldn't let mm. their mates come every night and drink the place dry for free. Yeah. Yep. If they have shares in West Farmers, they're not going to actively stop people from shopping at Bunnings because you know what? Because they'd be profiteering by way of earning a dividend. So it's yep. just, it's such yep. a stupid one, like low level argument. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. It is. And it's, and it's um, coming from somewhere. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, something like that. So we have empathy. We always have totally. empathy. It's like okay. so when influ- when Instagram influencers post a product, they post it and they say, "No, but if you know me, don't buy this product. Only people who don't yeah. know me can support me. Yeah. Only people who don't know me. If you know me, don't dare support me. I only want friends and family who do not support me." Support me. Yeah. Oh, that, so that I mean basically yeah. There's all these easy stabs people like to take, quite immature stabs. Yeah. Um, and yeah. some of them are from real pain and hurt, from experiences they've had with shady totally. people, of course, and that's totally. totally understandable. Some people who've never had any experience, they just want to be in on a trendy conversation. I think that's and, trap. And, and some people just don't want to put the effort into actually thinking about what they're saying. It's just, like you said, just repeating something but without actually giving it any actual thought. It's crazy. Hey, um, I know Anna's probably you're looking like you're about to wind this up, but before we go, just tell people a little bit about your, your podcast. Oh, it's, I won't even call it a podcast. I've got an audio channel so I can yeah. express myself. Um, I put it on Spotify only specifically because it, for me, I created it as a ex- place of expression for myself. Yeah. I'm not interested in um, reviews. No, I'm just yeah. not. I'm at that I, know. Point. I know you. I'm just, I'm not, I'm interested in being able to express myself. I have two little kids. I'm not going to get caught up in everybody's everybody's views of who I am. Mm. And that doesn't mean I'm not open for, for, you know, that I don't receive feedback and all that. But sometimes constructive criticism, quote, unquote, and feedback is entitlement. Totally. And sometimes it's projecting your own shit onto someone and then calling it constructive criticism. And I've been there. I've been in business a really long time and creativity a really long time. And this is for my own healing and my own expression. So call it something selfish, whatever it is, but it's mm. totally fine by me. I don't care. So it's a place where I express whatever it is I want to express. I want to have conversations on there. I'll just express things. I'll read out poems, whatever, whatever. Um, and I don't know where it's going to go, but basically it's for my own promise to myself that I don't cut my life force off again. And that's, yeah. that's why I created it. Don't it's lose family. your voice. Cake club. Oh, yeah. I was like. With two Bs, one K. <laughs> yeah, I'm like cake, K-A-C-A-K-K-E. No, cake club. So cake, C-L-U-B-B-E. Yeah. Only on Spotify. I love it. I'm excited to listen. I want. I saw the conscious parenting one. So if you liked anything about PK, which I know you will love everything. Well, there's so much more we could have talked about the week. Oh, oh yeah, we'll do another one. Yeah. We'll just do we'll a weekly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, weekly check-in. We're yeah. about to switch. We're going to, like, do it on the couch. So we'll have a glass of wine, do it on the couch, shoot the shit. Right. I'm keen. Oh, hopefully we can do a live one soon. Mark, yeah. Shit out. Apparently, word on the word on the private street is not till March 2021. So yeah. no state borders. Yeah. No. Straight, yeah. For West Australia, oh apparently. God. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. We can go there yeah. in a whole other. Yeah. Well, I need a glass of wine for that one. But oh, thank yeah. you, I, my I love. That one. I need a bottle of champagne. Yeah. But we love you. We love who you are. We love, we love, I love you. We love you. Me and Marula, Gortensia. Gortensia. I love Gortensia. We all love Gortensia. No, but thank you for your just magnificence, truth, me, right? power, badassery, friendship, and we will definitely get you on again. I'll get you. All right. See everyone. Bye. Ciao. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, we both hope you got something out of it that you can use to challenge your own status quo. And if you liked what you heard, it would mean so much to us if you shared this episode on your socials to help us get our podcast out in the world. Don't forget to tag us as well so we can thank you personally. 
And if you're loving the conversations, leaving a review on iTunes, simply by going to the podcast, scrolling down and clicking leave review will help even more people find us too. And we would be so grateful. And until the next episode, we will always be cheering on your success.